Welcome to Swamp Mysteries, the treasure of Jean Lafitte, a spooky new audio adventure story for children by author Elizabeth Singer Hunt, performed by Rachel Rosick and Jordan Paul Harrow. Charlie, Oscar, Robbie, and Jules are ordinary 12-year-old kids. That is, until they discover the long-lost treasure map of the notorious pirate Jean Lafitte. Soon, a couple of greedy alligator hunters are on their tails, as are the ghouls from the nearby swamps. If the friends are going to make it out alive, they're gonna need more than luck. They're gonna need the help of the ghostly inhabitants of Plantation View, Louisiana. Hi, y'all. This is Charlie. Well, my real name is Charlotte Elizabeth Beauregard, but people call me Charlie for short. I'm 12 years old and in the seventh grade at Plantation View Middle School. Some of the kids at school say that I look like the book character Pippi Longstocking because I wear my strawberry blonde hair and pigtails, but I don't think so. Anyway, our English teacher, Mrs. Thibodeau, told us to create a podcast about an important experience in our life. I decided to do mine about the Swamp Mysteries Detective Agency. That's the agency that my friends, Oscar, Robbie, Jules, and I, started to help the people of Plantation View, Louisiana. You see, where we live, strange things happen all the time. Like when Miranda Blakely was playing at the piano, and something cold and invisible started playing next to her. Or when Mrs. Landry saw a headless figure emerge from the river, only to disappear within seconds. Or when Jackson Swift's mom entered the kitchen to find the chicken gumbo she was about to make already made for her. These sorts of crazy things happen all the time. And for the most part, the people of Plantation View, Louisiana are used to it. But sometimes, the ghosts and ghouls that live among us cross the line. They exhibit what I like to call unfriendly supernatural behavior. And that's where we come in. The Swamp Mysteries Detective Agency was set up to help people get rid of the spooks that make their lives a living nightmare. Now, you might be asking, how did a bunch of seventh grade kids get into this line of business in the first place? Well. If you lived in Plantation View, Louisiana, you'd already know the answer to that. You would have seen Oscar, Robbie, Jules, and me on the Channel 4 News. You would have read about us in the Plantation View Times newspaper. But if you're not from here, then you probably don't know what I'm talking about. So, for my podcast, I've decided to tell how it all happened, why we created the Swamp Mysteries Detective Agency. But beware. What you're about to hear could cause a grown man to faint. In fact, two grown men did faint when they encountered what we did. And if you're the kind of person that gets spooked by watching scary movies, then you might not want to listen any further. Like I said, it all began because of Hurricane Freddy. You remember Hurricane Freddy, right? It struck the coast of Louisiana with winds of 120 miles per hour. Streets were flooded, homes were destroyed. It was a terrible mess. Daddy and I were lucky, however. While several trees on our property were knocked down, they didn't fall on our home. That's because the trees were nowhere near our house when they fell. Now, normally I don't like talking about my home, because I don't want to sound like a braggart. 
But Daddy and I live in one of the biggest homes in Plantation View, Louisiana. It's called Evergreen. We have seven bedrooms, seven bathrooms, a drawing room, a dining room, a gift wrapping room, and 64 windows on two levels from which we can see our 10 acres of land. But Daddy and I didn't build Evergreen ourselves. It was actually built more than 160 years ago by my great-great-grandfather, Earl Beauregard. Earl designed it and built it as a way to impress his then-girlfriend, Charlotte Dubois. It was so extraordinary that as soon as Charlotte saw it, she agreed to marry Earl on the spot. They moved into Evergreen together as a married couple in 1855. Unfortunately for Charlotte, however, Earl died of a heart attack only three years later. That meant that she was all alone in this great big house. So, Charlotte hired some live-in help to keep her company. Alice, our current housekeeper, and Gerald, our gardener, are descended from these early inhabitants. Anyway, like I said, it all began because of Hurricane Freddy. One of the first things we did after the storm was to try and remove those fallen trees. Daddy would have done it himself, but they weighed a couple of tons. So we called in Bobby Ray and Kenny Gatlin, the brothers who own Tat Brothers Tree Service. The tat in the name came from the fact that they had tattoos running up and down their arms. Most of them were harmless, like the one of their dear departed mother, Mercy. But some were scary, like the one of a shotgun shooting a stream of fire. I'd like to say that Bobby Ray and Kenny were nice, but whenever Daddy called them over, I got a funny feeling about them. In addition to cutting down trees and grinding stumps, they also hunted alligators in the swamps and bayous of Louisiana. On a couple of occasions, Daddy let them hunt gators behind our house. You see, while the front of our house faces the road, the back faces the water, or bayou. While Daddy was busy talking to Bobby Ray and Kenny out back, my best friend, Oscar, and I were throwing around a frisbee. Oscar's about my height, with messy brown hair. He's also smart, polite, and plays football for our middle school team. Most girls my age don't play with boys, but Oscar and I are like gumbo and rice, or snowballs and condensed milk. We just go together. It doesn't matter that he's a boy. We always find things to talk about. Oscar flung the frisbee my way. Two bucks the Saints don't make the playoffs, said Oscar. The New Orleans Saints was our local football team, and its star quarterback had a knee injury. I threw the frisbee back Oscar's way. Five they do, I said. Oscar and I were always betting on things, like which crawfish would win in a fight and how many bees we could squash in the clovers. It was fun, and we got to make some money, even if it was always the same old money changing hands. Just then, a voice rang out. Charlie? It was my daddy, waving us over to join him. Bobby Ray, Kenny, and my father were standing near the roots of an upturned tree named Big Bertha. Big Bertha was one of the oldest oak trees on our property. Unfortunately, Hurricane Freddy had knocked her down. Oscar and I ran over. Poking out of the earth near the tree's roots was something small and square and covered in mud. Intrigued, Daddy turned to me. Looks like Hurricane Freddy turned something up. Why don't you and Oscar give it a clean and see what it is? Daddy was so preoccupied by the find that he didn't notice the sour looks on Bobby Ray and Kenny's faces. But I did. They eyeballed me as I picked up the box. I eyeballed them back. 
Bobby Ray didn't want to give it up that easily. Maybe we should have it. We could sell it in our pawn shop and split the profits. In addition to cutting trees and hunting gators, the Gatlin brothers ran a pawn shop called Ragin' Cajun Treasures. In it, they sold used hammers, guns, jewelry, fishing gear, and crab traps. They also sold stuffed dead animals, like foxes and porcupines. Daddy politely declined the offer. Thanks for thinking about us, Bobby Ray. But we don't need the money. Before the Gatlins could convince my daddy otherwise, Oscar and I took the box and made a beeline for the house. We ran into Alice on the way. She was carrying a tray of lemonade for the men. Although Alice was slender and 60 years old, she was tough as a nut. Nobody in the family ever crossed Alice. We found this muddy box near Big Bertha, I said. We're going to take it inside to clean it up. Alice took one look at the filthy object and knew she didn't want it in the house. Oh, no, you don't. You can wash it at the spigot. Oscar and I did what we were told. We headed for the faucet underneath the kitchen window. Next to it was a brush and a bottle of soap. We used it to scrub the box clean. I held the box up to the sunlight. Looks like it's made of tin, I said. And there's a skull and crossbones etched into the lid. Uh-oh, said Oscar. Don't be a scaredy cat. Secretly, however, I was a bit nervous too. A skull and crossbones was never a good sign. It was the universal symbol of death. The same warning was found on pretty much every toxic chemical in Gerald's gardening shed. Our box could contain anything from a bomb to poison to something else altogether. I held it up to my ear to see if it was ticking, but there was no noise coming from inside. I tilted it gently from one side to the other. I didn't hear anything that resembled a glass vial of poison, but there was something familiar. A gentle but heavy thud from inside the box every time I moved it. Call me crazy, I said, but I think it's a book. Maybe it's one of Mama Babette's cookbooks, said Oscar. The two of us got a big old laugh over that one. Mama Babette was Alice's mother. She was great at taking care of my daddy when he was little, but terrible at cooking. She used to make an oyster gumbo that drove the dogs away. Despite that, she managed to convince a local publisher to print Mama Babette's Cookbook, a collection of her favorite recipes. It wasn't exactly a bestseller. She sold ten copies, nine to my daddy. What do you say we open it? Oscar thought about it for a moment, then agreed. Okay, give me a minute. I got up and ran across the lawn to Gerald's gardening shed. Flinging the door open, I reached in and grabbed a couple of masks, goggles, and gloves. Then I raced back to Oscar. I tossed half of what I got his way. This should help. I figured with the masks, gloves, and goggles, we'd be more than protected from whatever was inside. Let's open it on the count of three. Oscar and I made the sign of the cross together and held on to the tin's lid with our fingers. Then I started to count. Oscar held his breath. One, two, three! If you've enjoyed this episode of Swamp Mysteries, The Treasure of Jean Lafitte, make sure to select subscribe. 
That way, you'll be the first to hear what happens next.